Pride and Prejudice meets Gossip Girl. And that's what it is. Thank you so much for tuning in again. And if this is the first time you're listening to my voice, hello, it is super nice to kind of meet you. First and foremost, please excuse my morning voice. Um, I haven't had a sip of water yet, which I should have probably considered taking or consuming prior to recording this episode, but oh well, it is what it is. Um, so just, just pretend, um, I'm still the same person, you know who I am, right? But guys, guys, as you can tell by the title, we will be talking about Bridgerton today. And I am, I am just so excited because I absolutely love this show. It's fun. It's innocent. It's real good escapism at its finest. I binged the whole show in one night, even though I was so extremely tired. My eyes were literally falling like shut, but I kept going, holding on thoroughly. My excitement and outbursts were not dimmed whatsoever by the fierce knocks of sleep that were pounding at my door. I made it through and I finished it in one night. Do I regret finishing it in one night? Yes and no. Yes, because it means that I've already had all the first time excitement of the show. No, because it was that good. Besides, it's on Netflix, so all I'm just like, I've watched, rewatched parts of the show already. Like, I'd say I watched it one and a half times. So I've rewatched half of the show already. And I don't know, like, it's, it's an amazing show. And I want to get straight into what Bridgerton, you know, is. But also, please excuse if I slip into um, a British accent here and there, because I am pretty good at, you know, faking a British accent. And I always do it once in a while just to, you know, keep it going to be able to do it. But if I talk about Bridgerton and think of, you know, the show, it's very easy for my brain to be like, oh, you're a Brit now. So things happen. But let's get into this episode, shall we, darling? After that little Denzel Dion moment over there, let me give you a short synopsis of the show. So Bridgerton deals with, well, it's a show about high about the high society in the 19th century. Um, I believe it plays in the year, it's supposed to play in the year 1813 or 1843. I'm not exactly sure which of those numbers, uh, years, sorry, it was. So please do not quote me on that. But it's definitely the 19th century. And in this show, we follow along with the Bridgertons and specifically Daphne, who is in her first season which basically means that she's come of age and that she can now step into finding a husband, basically. So it's this whole elaborate situation that happens during that time and she needs to represent herself very, very finely in order to be able to court or rather get a husband 
or man to court her to then propose to her to then be her husband. And in the show, she is very quickly proclaimed the diamond of the season, which means that she's the most eligible bachelorette, basically. And therefore, eyes on her a lot. And in the beginning, this newspaper or gossip paper comes in, which is a gossip paper that's written by Lady Whistledown. Nobody knows who this Lady Whistledown is, but she definitely stirs up, you know, the whole situation as well with her little gossip column, um, calling people out, talking about events, you know, gossip girl vibes. So basically, how I like to describe it is Pride and Prejudice meets Gossip Girl. And that's what it is. That's what it feels like. Especially the actress that plays Daphne. She uses, I don't know if it's natural just because she's a Brit, but she uses very precise like mannerisms that remind of Kira Knightley heavily um, during, you know, her appearance at Pride and Prejudice. But yeah, that's basically what the show is about. And based on that, let me tell you, it's juicy. Like Pride and Bre- Prejudice meets Gossip Girl. Like, how much better can it get? How much better can it get? Okay, so I will do my best to not give any spoilers while I am doing this whole thing. Um, Yet, I do not think this is something people should listen to that haven't watched the show because this is literally me just raving about the show, picking out specific little themes that they had in there to like talk about them a little more in a societal context. So if you haven't watched the show, you probably should. I mean, I loved it, so I would hope to think that you love it too. Um, So do that probably first. First things first. Can we please talk about the inclusivity that this show is? Because, wow. Brigade John Page, who plays Simon Bassett, the Duke, would like to say representation because he prefers that over the term of diversity. Yes, I am that kind of person. After I watch a show, um, I can't just let it go immediately. So I look at the cast and crew and everything and just indulge in a little bit of behind the scenes information as in interviews and behind the scenes videos and Instagram pages and all of those interesting things. Just because for one, if I support this show, I would like to know who I am supporting in return, you know? But also I what's the which is the biggest reason out of me doing that is I find it super interesting to see what the actors are like in real life just to be able to get even more of a grasp on their acting abilities and with Rigaud Not Page it is very evident that he is not like Simon Bassett in real life which makes it very interesting to see how he differs and therefore to see which kind of you know aspects he purposefully like instilled into the character to make sure that you know Simon Bassett is actually Simon Bassett in the show the same with the actress who plays Daphne I will not dare to try to say her name because 
I am not good at it, so I'm just gonna... The actress. She's also wonderful. She is also, in my opinion, nothing like Daphne, not as in nothing like the character Daphne, but, you know, personality-wise, not alike. So, the whole entire cast, I just want to give them a few snaps because they did a great job. Great job. The thing that I was very stunned by was how they incorporated little things just to make every person that was on set or every culture that was represented kind of um, feel, also feel represented in the show, not just by appearing, but also by including cultural, you know, aspects into the show and yes I am talking about the wigs the queen's wigs and her ladies wigs as well wow I have never seen a braided wig before that so seamlessly fit into a timepiece um or a period piece because in this case you could have just easily missed the fact that the wigs that she wore as the queen were braided or had like special aspects to represent the culture as well. Her ladies, you know, the ones that were of color were also donning hairstyles which fit into the time period but also um, represented the culture which was beautifully done and I feel like a very, very um, thought out aspect. And it's great to see that, you know, this can, this can happen so seamlessly and naturally, which is also what I felt the inclusivity was like. This is not the first time that there is such an inclusive and representative cast in a show. But for me personally, this is the first time that a show did it in a way where it did not feel forced in any way shape or form it did not feel forced whatsoever i wasn't surprised when i saw it i wasn't like oh this doesn't make sense why did they do this they just did it to do it like it didn't feel like that at all it just felt very very right and i'd like to you know give them a little bit of a chapeau for that one but before i dive into all the you know themes and topics that were touched on in the show um I want to call out a few things, you know, I want to talk about a few things that just have to do with the show, you know, sound off a little bit on what I liked, what I maybe disliked, I don't know, like anything. And in this case, one thing that also stood out for me, which was very creative and interesting, were the pop songs that were transferred into, you know, um, how do you say it? Fuck, I don't know how to say it. Um they were transformed into classical instrumentals. That's what I'm looking for. They made it, they made a few pop songs classic um, and songs that it shows were, for example, um, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish, Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. Um, and honestly, I am a bit torn if I liked it or if I disliked it because at the beginning when it started happening, oh, and In My Blood by Shawn Mendes was, was also in there. Um, 
I am a bit torn if I liked or disliked it because at the beginning when it happened, it rattled me a little bit. Like, I noticed that the music was not right for what was happening. Not because, yes, they made it classical and everything, but it didn't feel like part of the time. And I heard that right away. Maybe it's because I knew the songs or I know the songs, but... um. So that confused me a little bit, but I was like, as soon as I got what they were doing, I was like, oh, okay, this is fun, I guess, you know, creative. They get, you know, a thumbs up, always an A for effort. Um, and then it was just this little fun game that anytime they played something that was a pop piece made classic, um, I just, you know, made it a thing to figure out what song it was. Thank You Next didn't work really well for me because... I feel like they played, and I do not know how to explain this in correct musical terms, but they did not just play the chords, but they played every single sang note as well. So it was very rash and confusing to me. If they only had played the chords, I would have loved it because I did love In My Blood. I love that rendition. Um, but obviously my absolute favorite has to be Taylor Swift, Wildest Dreams, why did I say it like that? Wildest Dreams with their whole, you know, honeymoon montage back at the Duke's, you know, compound or whatever. So I was, that was my absolute favorite and I really, 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 really loved it. The thing that was a little confusing to me was the facial hair on the men. And I mean, I know that it's representative of the time. So I'm not bashing them in that sense, but hallelujah, amen. I was so glad that Simon was spared that tragedy. Oh my God. He was most definitely the most handsome in my eyes and in huge part due to the missing facial stuck on hair. <laughs> As I mentioned before, they had so many themes they covered in the show and some were more obvious and in your face than others but I want to say before I touch on any of these that I am so incredibly intrigued by the fact that they managed to make this escapism dream um, while also touching on so many important subjects, so many important things, you know, tackling inclusivity, tackling feminism, tackling all these things, while also being something so enjoyable to watch without feeling that you, like you're being shamed as a viewer um, and the finger is pointed at you, you know? So they did a very, very great job at just doing that. I was very much, very, very, very much um pleased by that whole aspect and just gives me another reason to love the show even more but now that I kind of already said it one of the most obvious themes or topics they wanted to touch on was the one of being a woman in a man's world and with that basically opening the doors up wide to talk about feminism. 
And I was quite intrigued, honestly. They did shove it in your face. And for the most part, it did not bother me. But Eloise very much did. Eloise was necessary. I understand that. She served a purpose. She needed to be there. So um, I'm not upset at how they made the character. She's just an annoying person. Um, She's just an annoying character. And that's fine. You know, that's her role, I guess, amongst other things. But to me, she was mostly annoying. But she was very much kind of a very vital aspect of feminism or of dealing with being in a man's world um, in the show. And it was almost as if she was a personification of the helplessness one feels when fighting for your life, for the life that you want to lead, with the knowledge of most likely not standing a chance at actually getting it, but also not willing to give up hope. You know, she was very out there. She was very adamant about her views and her her wishes. And she stomped around and exclaimed them proudly while simultaneously stepping on many people's toes. Even though the time is a very different one, I do believe it portrays the one that we live in so very well. Like the similarities that are drawn to our actual lives today, in today's day and age, are maybe even more than we would care to admit or even realize because it does it in such an enjoyable and easily digestible way. Yet, the different ways these women coped and tried to make their way in a man's world was just beautiful to watch. They managed to give us a female's perspective for the majority of the show. Most of the show was told through the female's experiences and the female's choices and their specific lives and everything that's, you know, tied to it. That was the core of the show. And that was, I believe, one of its strengths too, that it that it gave us so much through the gaze of a woman. And I really applaud them for that as well. And the differences that we had with the women just showed multiple different forms of feminism, multiple different forms of coping with this time and figuring yourself out and what that means and how difficult it can be, even if it might seem so easy. Daphne, for example... She wants a husband, kids, the life that is accepted and demanded by society for a woman. Yet, it is her own choice to pursue that specific path. Because those are the things that she, she truly wants and truly desires. But she also wants to get those and have those on her own specific terms. So it's not just what is thrown at her, because if it was what was just, you know, thrown at her, things would have been very, very different in her pursuit of a husband, which is completely dictated or completely even possible because of her mother. You know, her mother was the pioneer 
of, you know, what Daphne is now capable of doing and also um, Eloise is capable of doing, even without realizing, because their mother encouraged her family, all of her daughters especially, to choose love over status. She wanted her children to have the best possible shot with the cards that they were dealt because she herself had the beautiful, beautiful experience of being married to someone that she loved deeply and therefore that was something that she she discussed and, and put as the highest priority for her kids to look for. She even encourages her daughter to take a duke over a prince even though a prince would have been the most logical choice if you were just going for what makes sense in that society. So her mother, their mother, freaking pioneer in her own right, feminist in her own right. And Eloise, of course, as I said, is the personified nowadays feminist. You know, she wants to break with everything that she knows and break with everything that she's supposed to be because she doesn't like the helplessness that comes with it. She doesn't want those things for herself. She's so focused on herself as an individual and does not want to see herself as a mere product of the society that she lives in. So she's very loud and she's making a lot of trouble, you know, not really, but with her words, she stirs up a lot and, and is very out there and all, all over the place. So she's definitely the most obvious feminist in that right. There's a specific scene where they're both um, in, you know, I believe the entertainment area. Eloise is reading, Daphne's playing the piano because as a lady in that time you would need to have multiple talents to keep people entertained so playing the piano being able to sing being able to you know do various things is very important so Daphne's playing the piano and they have a little altercation and basically Eloise says to Daphne you want to nurture your heart and I want to nourish my mind and that is basically, I feel like, a very good quote on where Eloise stands because she does not yet realize, which I believe she will over time, but she does not yet realize that that is not a fair comparison, that someone wants to nurture their heart while someone wants to nurture their mind. You nurturing your heart can also be you nourishing your mind. You get what I'm saying? But this is just me, you know, going off in that direction. Those aren't the only ones, though. We don't only have the Bridgertons to look at and to take in as impressive, interesting, reflective characters. We also have people like Sienna, who's an opera singer, and the lady that owns the Modiste, I forgot her name. But those are both working women who do not... um, belong to the high society therefore their life also was very different we did not get extremely much on it but we did get a lot with Sienna and Anthony because Sienna I mean okay for context during that time if people merely assumed that you had 
any kind of relation might to be a kiss or you know too long of a touch you would be ruined for society like no man would want you because they would have to assume that you're sleeping around and then you sleeping around would mean that you could you know have a child by another man which therefore means that you know you're basically rotten because nobody wants to have I, i'm sorry to use the word but back then that's what you were use what you would use uh oh i'm not going to use it anyways and a child outside of your marital bounds that's what i'm going to say and you'll know what i mean so sienna slept with anthony and many other men and that basically meant that she did not have a shot even if she wanted to to get a husband in the high society therefore her means of making ends meet were very different and she couldn't rely she didn't have anyone to rely on because marriage also meant security and support which she did not have and she definitely needed to fend for herself same as the lady that owns the modiste even though we do not get much of her story at all except for her pretending to be french even though she isn't um so yeah many 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 situations many representations of females in a world that is ruled by men or seemingly ruled by men um because it also alludes to the power that female has regardless of the situation that she's put in and that she always persevere and that she will always push through and at the end of the day she's the one that actually makes the world which is also something that lady whistledown stands for and many other things stand for i don't not want to you know spoil everything but yes very beautifully done in those regards i found the show just managed to stand for so much while keeping it light and having us escape into a world so different so obviously different from our own yet making it so easy to see the parallels which made it an absolute joy to watch and except for all the juiciness it provided and lord did it provide an abundance of juiciness i found myself thinking about the ongoing debate of what kind of feminism is the right kind you know and as i said previously feminism is one of the strongest themes and aspects of the show and it's just the fact that these days people and i mean women are constantly shamed for expressing their choices of how they feel within their divine femininity women are constantly slut shamed and told that they are quote unquote merely hiding behind the face of feminism to have an excuse to for example post their quote unquote promiscuous pictures and or have various sexual partners on the other hand of that is the idea that women in order to be feminist have to step away and shun everything that was expected of women up until quite recently you know to have to have wants and needs quote unquote beyond being a caretaker to their families as one could truly want to be just that as if it was a bad thing to want to be you know to want to take care of your family and to want to have a family to take care of 
I found that sentiment again strongly reflected in Eloise's character. You know, she could not fathom that someone making a choice could be so opposed to what she wanted and therefore often made it seem as though Daphne was merely too small-minded to even dream as big as she herself is dreaming. And while I realize the objections here are different, you know, it's a, it's a completely different situation, she very much represented the overbearingness, which is often part of viewpoints which feel like they need to shake up everything and everyone with them. Another aspect which I found quite compelling was how destructive it can be when one feels like they're not able to live up to someone else's standards, which was the entire Simon Bassett arc, basically. His father's ridiculous standards destroyed him, and he, without wanting to internalize them, did and made them his own, fighting a fight even beyond the culprit's last breath. I really wish they would have explored his drama more and not ended his agony through a simple monologue by his significant other in the rain. Um, I want to keep that one short because that's a very vital aspect of the show, even though I feel like it did not manage to tell us Simon's story, to tell us his trauma eloquently. Like, I did not... I thought I knew what his issue was until Daphne had the monologue and she said things that I did not see as his issue where I was like, oh, okay, I get how that could happen, but they did not make that very clear. But putting that in there anyways, also, you know, challenging the idea of masculinity in that way through that time period, man, I just want to give them consistent snaps because... They just they just did so many things right. They just did so many things right. And as you can tell, I am an absolute fan of the show. Because uh, beyond all of that, like I can't even stop to like call out a few things. They also portrayed the power and armor that is anonymity paired with our own insecurities and need for validation. You know... It was presented strikingly. Heck, even the queen deemed what Lady Bustledown had to say as important. You know, she deemed what some paper had to say as so important that it was able to, you know, boggle her and bother her in her day-to-day life. Someone that apparently has all the power. She's the goddamn queen. And she's still reaching for scraps in a gossip paper, like in a gossip column. I repeat, there was so much material in this show and I could go on and on and on about all of it. But I think I have to stop right here because this is just going to be a complete mess if I continue. So what I'm trying to say with all of this stuff that I just, you know, put out here was like, why are you even doing this? is to recommend the show. (laughs) I really recommend watching the show because it draws on so many things and it can help to, you know, look inward and like figure out, okay, how could this relate to me? 
while also enjoying yourself and having all the juiciness a show could have offer you. So if you haven't watched the show, go do it. Watch it. You know, I mean, I don't want to encourage binging in any way, shape or form, but that's what I did. So if it does what it does, what it, if it does for you what it did for me, you're going to have this show done as soon as you start watching it. But yes, I find it so beautiful that we are slowly getting to a place where people actually manage to do things right. And there is not one aspect in the show where I'm like, oh, like, I wish they hadn't done that. I feel like we have to educate them on this. I feel like we have to do this and do this, which is also a security, a time, you know, a period piece provides because they they just didn't do anything that I would personally call them out for or be upset with them about as these days we can be upset about so many different things and we've been we've been known to tear things to shreds that do not fulfill our new standard of you know exclusivity sorry inclusivity representation cultural um correctness but like oh my god I'm again I'm falling into other things but you get what I'm saying so props to the show for doing a splendid job at what this show is and I hope to see more more of this show in particular but also shows like it and I'm not talking talking about period pieces I'm talking about shows that tackle our current reality, that portray our current reality the right way. And yeah, so thanks for listening to my voice. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a bit different than what I usually do. Uh, I haven't done any, you know, show reviews or show talks on here before, but I'm trying to, you know, experiment with different things and see how I like them. So I hope you liked it. Talk to you soon, and yes, bye-bye. Go watch Bridgerton. Ciao.